Hi, it's Daria Miranova. Welcome to Hockey on the Beach Show. Today we're going to talk to a UNF superstar, Hall of Famer, first UNF player, men's or women's basketball to score 1,000 career points, Assistant Athletic Director for Compliance, Nancy Miller. So the name of my show is Hockey on the Beach. Okay. Don't be surprised. What do you know about hockey? I went to one National Hockey League game when I was probably 10. So I went to a Capitals game and mm, slim to none is what I know about hockey. <laughs> Other than the fights are kind of fun to watch. Oh, yeah, you don't see that a lot of in basketball yeah. nowadays. No. Nowadays. <laughs> so what other sports do you like besides basketball? I grew up playing soccer. Soccer was my first love, and then um, my dad was in the Navy for 30 years, and we got stationed in Florida. And in the 80s, Florida was behind the times for girls' soccer, and there weren't any girls' soccer leagues. There were only boys' soccer leagues um, and boys' soccer teams at the high school level. So I had to stop playing soccer because we didn't have any opportunities, and I transitioned to volleyball. I was um, a good volleyball player and played basketball, ran a little track, but with the exception of NASCAR, I'm a huge sports fan. I'll watch any sport. ESPN is always on in my house. Um, yeah, so I'm a sports fanatic, I guess you could say. Me too. Do you play exercise right now? Um, yes, I just ran the Donna Hicken half marathon this past Sunday. Um, so I'm an avid runner and work out probably six days a week, um, go to four or five spin classes. Now at my age, I need to do more strength training than I do. At so 25, you mean? At 25, yes, at 25, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I need to get more into strength training. So that's my next, my next goal. It's just why? Because when you get into middle age, 25, 25, okay. right, your muscle tone starts to go, and I'm seeing that, so I need to just split up the cardio a little bit and do more strength training. <laughs> What's your favorite part about basketball? Let's go back to mm, basketball. Go back to basketball. Yeah. Um, the pace. The pace of the sport. Hockey has pace. Hockey has <laughs> pace. Um, yeah, it's constant motion, constant movement, scoring. Um, when I played basketball, I loved to score the ball. I didn't like defense so much. And um, so, yeah, the pace, is, the pace is fun. How was your transition from being a player to coach to broadcaster to athletic boss? Well, athletic boss. <laughs> um, I coached here for 19 years, and before that I played here. And when I was finishing my athletic career as a student athlete, I was planning on going to law school. And um, then at the end of my athletic career, I sort of had, had an identity crisis and I wasn't ready to be done with sports. And I decided to stay here and get my master's degree in public administration and had an opportunity to be a graduate assistant coach for two years. And then the assistant coach at that time transitioned out of college athletics and I was able to slide into a full-time assistant coaching position. Um, so that was that transition. And then in 2015, after coaching for 20 years here, my head coach was fired and I was still an assistant. And 
when your head coach gets fired in college athletic or any you know any sports team the assistant staff go along with it so i had the opportunity to decide what i want to do with the, with the remainder of my career and i love college athletics i love working at a you know, in higher education and there was a position opening here in administration for me and it's really a natural fit um, i'm a good administrator um, I love working with the student athletes. That's why I come to work every day. And I love the community we have, my coworkers and colleagues. They make it fun to come to work every day and really build this Division One program that we're so proud of. What about the emotional part? That's what I care the about. The emotional yeah. part. What do you want to know about the emotional part? How hard was that for you to forget that you're a player and become an Oh, become a coach? Yeah. Well, you're still involved in the sport, and um, you're just doing it at a different level. So your whole existence isn't wound up in how much playing time you're getting and how many points you're scoring. Now it's really about the wins and the losses and providing your student-athletes with a really good competitive experience. So when I was coaching for those 20 years, really the best memories that I have, yeah, there's some cool games that we had and we went to the NCAA tournament twice but it's really the relationships I built um, with those student athletes I still I still have kids call me that played for me 25 years ago now that are now they are married they have children successful careers their mothers wives all those things and so the personal relationships are what's what's the long-standing impact for me and the most rewarding when I reflect back on my coaching career. Have you ever considered of becoming a professional athlete? No. Like, no? Why no. not? No. <laughs> um, I like this level. I like that student athletes who are here are doing it because they're good at their sport, but also to get their education. And education is first and foremost the most important thing to me when I talk to recruits and student athletes. Um, it's what you're going to do the rest of your life. What you do here uh, is going to prepare you for the, your next 40-year career. And um, so that's what's most important to me. See, that's so interesting. It's like even considering where I was born, the sports treat differently. It's like you're three, five years old, and everybody treats you like you're a professional. That's all you have in life. That, well, you don't have the university-level athletics True. like the NCAA. Yeah. No one cares about that anymore. Yeah. The education yeah. is so important. How much did the game evolve o over years? Like, what do you see? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, from a prof opportunities when I was growing up to play professionally were non-existent. When I graduated from college, 95, 96, that's when the WNBA started. Um, so that's when professional doors really opened up for American women to pursue professional sports careers in basketball in the states now there was always leagues over in europe where you could go over and play professionally that's where europe and the rest of the world was a little ad more advanced than the u.s was so really ultimately i always just aspired to be a college athlete to get a college scholarship to help pay for school i, I was from a middle class family and i have i'm one of four children and my parents couldn't have afforded to pay for all of us to go to college so i needed to do my job so I could supplement my college education. Oh, that's awesome. It was on you. It was on me. <laughs>
And thankfully, I was halfway smart, so I got some academic <laughs> scholarships too. You did great. <laughs> Just recently, I've seen the news about the physicality of the games, mm -hmm. like from college um, coaches, they were arguing. Do you see how the game evolved yes. in that regard? That's a good question too. Um, I'm 5'9", mm -hmm. and I played in the post when I was in college. And people laugh at me now. They ask, they think, they said, what position do you play? Were you a shooting guard? And I, I said, no, I was more like a, a four or mm -hmm. a, a small four, you know, small forward slash power forward at 5'9". And nowadays, you don't see that. At 5'9", I should have been a shooting guard. <laughs> um, and the game has strength training. Um, commitment to physical health and wellness, mental health and wellness, training techniques. Those have all evolved so much since I played 25 years ago. I wish I had had all those things at my disposal so I could have been a better athlete than I was. I'm a very average athlete, but if I had nutrition and mental health and sports performance and a dedicated strength coach, how much better could I have been because I had those tools provided for me? You're so modest. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Do you watch um, NBA, WNBA right now? No, I'm not a yeah. professional sports fan. Okay. In basketball. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm for basketball. I loved. I love the college game, whether it's men's or women's. Um, a personal favorite in the last couple of years is watching Big Ten women's basketball and SEC women's basketball. But just last night, I watched two games from, you know, I have it on the background. I'm doing some stuff, making dinner, but I always have a basketball game on. There, if there's a sport on and there's five sports on and basketball's one of them, I'll pick basketball. See, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because, like, college basketball is the whole different universe. Yeah, it is. It's a lot different than pro. But yeah. it's still so popular. It is very popular. Yeah. Are you a basketball fan? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, like, it's once again going back to where I was growing up. It's more about professional. Professional leagues. Yeah, and I learn a lot about college, and it's just really awesome. And it's different, and it's just a whole different universe. Like I said, you can have a career in that. <laughs> I know. Isn't it amazing? Yes, it is. <laughs> a lot of opportunities. What about um, girls, women, and broadcasting? You're asking somebody who is not a professional. So I, I kind of lucked into mm -hmm. being able to do the color commentary for the men's and women's yes. basketball game a few years ago when we started broadcasting on ESPN3 and ESPN+. Plus. And because I have a background in coaching and they needed somebody to do the women's games, they came and said, hey, Nancy, would you be interested in doing this? Sure. I mean, I know the game. I can, mm -hmm. talk, I can speak to the game. And it's been really so much fun to be able to, to serve in that capacity. It keeps me involved in the game. Um, I stay educated on trends in the game and terminology. I stay involved with the players and the coaches and what's going on with their lives. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just fun. This is amazing, but I mean like you don't have this big dream of maybe working in color for NBA All-Star. No. No. Okay. No. See, this is really interesting. That's why I really wanted to talk to you because you were super good at what you do. Oh, I appreciate that. And you still that. have like a different vision on everything. <laughs> no, and you know, we've added, you need to um, talk to Mia O'Brien too. Okay. You, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. The, 
because she's she's a what you know she's a professional and that's what she has aspired to do, and I just I just think it's fun fun and it's kind of my side hustle and my mm -hmm. side gig and yeah, it's just cool. Do you have a favorite athlete or maybe someone who inspires you? Going back when I was growing up, I don't know if this will surprise you, but that was the the height of women's tennis. Um, when I was growing up was Martina Navratilova, mm -hmm. Steffi Graf, Gabriella Sabatini, um, and I grew up just watching them dominate the women's USTA. Um, and Steffi Graf was always somebody that I admired so much for her grit, determination, and her being a quiet champion. I really appreciate athletes who let their talent and their skill speak for them. I've never been a fan of somebody who's real demonstrative mm -hmm. um, and is all about them. And Steffi Graf always was so poised and thoughtful and hardworking and just that quiet champion. I've always thought that, I've always admired her. But it's harder to do that nowadays. You think? Yeah, because it's like your, I don't know, everything depends on the way media portrays on your brand yeah yeah, yeah it's like no brand. that's right yeah because social media mm -hmm. didn't exist back when she played you're right so maybe it was much easier probably that's a good point what's your advice to students who want to succeed in college and in athletic field in college so for broadcasting purposes or just everything or uh, being a student athlete or student athlete broadcasting just everything <coughs> just what's your I, th I think when I talk to recruits mm -hmm. and I, t I speak to a lot of recruits and their families, um, your college experience is made up of three different parts of you as a person. It's the student, the athlete, and the person. And if one of those isn't functioning as well as it could be or one of them, one of those parts of you as a person isn't as happy as they possibly could be, you're not going to get the most out of your college experience and the coach that recruited you is not going to get the most out of your experience. So I want you to be happy as a student pursuing what you're passionate about academically. I want you to be successful on whatever field or court or pool you're, you're participating in, understanding that there are going to be days that you're not going to have fun as an athlete mm -hmm. and you're going to go home and cry into your pillow because your coach maybe was ma mean to you. Um, but that ultimately it's worth the payout is is worth what you put into it and then as a person that you also have that balance that you dedicate a lot of hard work and time to your career as a stu student and an athlete but that you spend time developing yourself as a person so hopefully you're taking advantage of what UNF has to offer you from like career services and academic support and that you're also being a kid going to the beach, going to the movies, going to the clubs, doing whatever you, is fun for you outside the sport and your hard work in the classroom. You gotta carve out time for fun stuff or it's just gonna be all grinding and nobody, want, nobody wants to do that because then nothing becomes fun. Wow. <laughs> I'm almost crying. Get like, out of here. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, tell me more about the what is it? I'm not sure the proper name. Anyways, I've been at the campus a few days ago mm -hmm. and I've seen the doggies. 
the campus canines. And I know you have something to do. Uh, I have a golden retriever Mm -hmm. named Hooper, basketball specific. (laughs) She is seven and a half. And um, when I was in the hospital visiting my dad for a surgery years ago, I saw a therapy dog at the Mayo Clinic. And I thought, what? How neat a program is that? You know, dogs walking around, people pet them, and they instantaneously feel better. Um, And then when I got my dog, she trained for three years. I was very intentional. I wanted her to become a therapy dog. So we trained for three years to get her to the point where she became certified. And we joined the Mayo Clinic Caring Canines program. And we've done that since 2018. And then um, I met a faculty member, Dr. Carlene Taylor, in the College of Health, who also had a therapy dog. And we thought together how great a program that Mayo Clinic had, could we translate it to UNF? And how much of a benefit that would be for students who are stressed, homesick, going through mental health issues, um, and just needed some animal therapy. And so we spent two years going through, jumping through lots of hoops from policies and procedures and requirements that the university had to become a full-fledged animal-assisted therapy program called the Campus Canines here. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very much a labor of love. We've got about 10 dogs that are therapy dogs here, and we do special events. Um, So anytime anybody reaches out, we'll go and we'll do a special event. We do regular visits at the library um, the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. We just go walk the floors of the library because that's where the students are the most stressed Mm -hmm. out and preparing for midterms and finals. Um, We visit the athletic teams. What else do we do? Oh, a new initiative is we're going to partner up with enrollment services in the admissions office to greet people, families, and students that are coming and taking tours, admissions tours. We're going to greet them when they show up to check in and before they go off on their tour. So that that's that's a new um, event we're adding to our list of. But we've become very popular, and we're the only dedicated animal-assisted therapy program in the country at the university level. Wow. Everybody else will do special events like Pause Your Stress, mm-hmm. where they come in once a year or once a semester. But we're on campus, and we're embedded in in the campus community. It's really fun. Wow. How can we, UNF students, help? Or are we just supposed to You're just supposed to come and be happy (laughs) and love on the dogs. We did an event yesterday called Fresh Check Day. It was sort of a take, it's called um, Fresh Check Day to just take a pulse on your mental health and wellness and how you feel. So you go to different booths. And we were one of the booths. So yeah, we're popular. That's We're amazing. not popular, the dogs yes, are. Yes, you are. The dogs are popu- popular. <laughs> and the dogs, too. Yeah. Well, I guess, thank you for your time. You're that welcome. was amazing. You're a superstar once again. Thank you so <laughs> even, much. Yeah, even more, even oh brighter now. <laughs> thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. for your time. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.